Welcome to The Workman's Table, a podcast all about learning and understanding biblical truths with the Great Shepherd's guidance. Here's your host, Eric Carpenter. Hello, and welcome to another edition of The Workman's Table podcast. Again, as always, I hope that this podcast is finding you well and that you are continuing to learn and grow in the grace and mercy that the Heavenly Father bestows upon all that believe on Him and that your measure of faith has continued to uh, grow and be strengthened uh, under his uh, tutelage, under his guidance, and under his favor. Today's uh, podcast, we're going to focus on some foreshadowing. Yes, the word foreshadowing uh, is a word that does not uh, appear in Scripture, but there is certainly plenty of it uh, from time to time, especially as it pertains to uh, prophecy. And we have a particular uh, passage in the book of Revelation, uh, which we had covered in the previous podcast, uh, Revelation chapter 13, verse 8. Uh, There's a very uh, telling uh, scripture, and it's only one line. It's in the midst of talking about the the first beast before the second beast. Um, But this is the type of uh, foreshadowing that, uh, the father had in mind, um, when I say foreshadowing, it was basically he had his son in mind from the very beginning, uh, even before he created the world. In other words, he had the plan of salvation in his mind uh, as, a, as a way to redeem mankind unto himself um, because it says he knows all things. Um, he declares the end from the beginning as we've covered before. But if you go to Revelation, uh, the 13th chapter, and you read verse 8, just a quick verse, uh, it says, All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast, all whose names have not been written in the Lamb's book of life, the Lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. If you read the old King James, it says from the very foundation of the world. So that's a very, it's, it's, it's a verse that, frankly, is the only time it appears in scripture in that specific, uh, with that specific wording. Um, so it gives you a clue. It gives you an indication that he had his son in mind from, for creating the world. And the book of Psalms goes into great detail about the earth is his and the fullness thereof and that everything was created for his good pleasure, but it was with his son in mind, um, to glorify, uh, his son and to establish, his kingdom through his son. So when we look at these verses uh, today that we're going to take a look at, because um, you're going to wonder, well, this might be the only uh, verse that mentions that he had this preordained or this was in his mind from the very beginning. But were there any clues uh, throughout the uh, scriptures before this book? Because essentially Revelation is, is considered the last book that uh, was written for prophecy and, and for uh, direction and instruction for all believers. So do we have any indication that he was thinking about his son all along and setting things up and, and you know, basically foreshadowing? In other words, we do know that the law was a shadow of the things to come, as Paul wrote, that the rudiments of the law, the Ark of the Covenant, the temple, the tabernacle, and all the things that were required under the Levitical law, they were a shadow of him. They were a shadow of Yahusha, um, who was going to come and fulfill that law, the right, the, the requirement of it, and then establish a new covenant through us. 
So we would like to know, or maybe you would like to know, hopefully you would like to know, was there any indication that, that uh, the father had his son in mind? And the answer is, you know, explicitly yes. Um, now, we have the benefit as believers nowadays of having all the collected works uh, with us to read. Uh, back in the times where, uh, you know, David, King David and Moses and all of them lived before uh, Yahushua's ministry on this earth, they just had the Torah. And then as prophets were given words of instruction like Ezekiel and Isaiah and Josiah and, and Hezekiah and, and Zephaniah and, and Hosea and all the others, um, they would, you know, receive more information through time uh, throughout the centuries until Yahushua came to fulfill everything. So there is a, a verse in 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, uh, verse 17 through 20, that also alludes to it as well, uh, not as, as explicitly as, as, as uh, 13, 8 in Revelation, but it, it's similar wording. Uh, but if you go to 1 Peter 1, 17, uh, he says, Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Hamashiach, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Okay, but obviously that, that, that's a little bit more explicit than I originally thought. So yes, this is pretty explicit as well as Revelation 13, 8. So, the, you know, the revelation of Yahushua and his ministry brought things full circle. It, 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 it basically completed, you know, what the father had in mind. But a lot of those under the old covenant uh, weren't quite, they knew there was a Messiah who was going to come. They knew someone you know, was going to come, well, the Messiah, the son of, of the Almighty was going to come, and they thought that he was going to establish an earthly kingdom, but of course, obviously, we're talking about a spiritual kingdom. So they didn't have the benefit of, of Yahushua's ministry like we have. He, he's already completed it, now he sits at the right hand of the Father. But the Father, the whole time, was just providing little uh, instances, little clues, little markers along the way that he was saying, you know, this is a covenant I've established for this generation, but I'm keep this in mind. I'm going to establish a new covenant with my son, through my son. And if you go to um, the book of uh, Exodus, uh, we're going to get to that here in a minute, but I want to set something up because it's very important to understand uh how the father works and he he's got things in mind that sometimes we don't understand until well after they happen and that's typically in our lives um if you remember that in the old covenant only the levites were allowed to tend through the, to the temple and if you go to second chronicles um 23 and you read uh, verse 6 uh, it says that Yahushua or Yahua told the Israelites, and of course he told it to Moses, and Moses told to the people. He told the people of Israel, No one is to enter the temple of Yahuwah except the priests and Levites on duty. They may enter because they are consecrated, but all others are to observe Yahuwah's command not 
to enter. So we have a command right here, a direct command. And then if you also go to uh, Numbers chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 50 through 54. And let's read it. Uh, I, numbers 1, 50 through 54. Verse 50, it says, Instead, appoint the Levites to be in charge of the tabernacle of the covenant law over its furnishings and everything belonging to it. They are to carry the tabernacle and all its furnishings. They are to take care of it and encamp around it. Whenever the tabernacle is to move, the Levites are to take it down. And whenever the temple, tabernacle is, set to, is to be set up, the Levites shall do it. Anyone else who approaches it is to be put to death. The Israelites are to set up their tents by divisions, each of them in their own camp under their standard. The Levites, however, are, set, are to set up the tents around the tabernacle of the covenant law so that my wrath will not fall on the Israelite community. The Levites are to be responsible for the care of the tabernacle of the covenant law. So you have explicit instructions by the Father, by the Almighty. He says, no one is to enter that temple except the Levites. The tabernacle is, is, is off limits except for the Levites. And even the Levites were to camp around it so that my wrath will not fall on this community. Uh, because of their stiff-neckedness and their disobedience and their rebellion at various times with the golden calf and other things. So you have some specific uh, instructions. I remember a few years ago coming across a verse in Exodus uh, 33, which is really the focus. It's just one single verse, but if you, if, if you kind of glance over it, you, you will miss it. Uh, and for the longest time, I didn't... Uh, pay much attention to it until one day I happened to read it and I was just blown away um, by the, the scripture itself because it, it indicates that the father, just like he said in Revelation and as well as through uh, Peter, that he had his son in mind the whole time and we were getting little clues about it along the way. So if you go to Exodus chapter 33, Okay, and we'll just start with verse seven, but the, the, the important verse is 11, but I'm, we want to provide some context for this as well. So in verse seven of Exodus 33, now Moses used to take, now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of Yahuwah would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent. All the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while Yahuwah spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to their tent. Yahuwah would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide, Yahusha, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Okay. So here's this tent, and here's Yahusha, son of Nun. Now we know, and we've already discussed before, that um, Yahusha means I am salvation. Okay, and so when you say Yahusha, I am salvation, well, and then also you have the, the suffix to it, son of none, so it, it differentiates between Yahusha Hamasiach and Yahusha, son of none. 
So keep that in mind um, when, you know, you take a look at this uh, scripture. It's just one little verse, uh, this tent. So here is the mediator between his, you know, Elohim and his people, and it's Moses. But here we have Yahusha, son of Nun, who's not leaving that tent, and he's in the presence of the Almighty. Hmm. Yahusha, I am salvation. Yahusha is with him. Yahusha, son of Nun, is with him and with Moses in that tent, and that you know, with when the pillar would descend. So. It's very indicative right there. If you just didn't, I mean, that little, it's the second part of verse 11, but his young aide, Yahushua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. I'm like, well, wait a minute here. I thought it was just Moses speaking with Yahuwah here. Well, apparently, Yahushua, son of Nun, was with, you know, them as well. And so that gives you a, a, a very clear indication that he has his son, he's like, pay attention, my son, Yahushua, Hamashiach, Yahushua, son of Nun, you know, I'm going to send my son, his name will be I am salvation, he will restore, he will redeem. And so you have that very clear indication, and if you just glanced over that scripture, it would just, I mean, there's many times in my life I've read scriptures and, and you know, I didn't pay much attention to them, and years later they they took on new meaning, or I was just like, uh-huh. Well, this is this is very um, uh, interesting that here we have these little clues along the way to uh, let us know that he had his son in mind from the very beginning, and that's what he had in mind all along. And you see the fruition of it, obviously, in the New Testament, or the New Covenant. Uh, so, again... To, to kind of bolster that, though, uh, we also have to read into the fact that um, we know that Yahushua is from the tribe of Yehuda or Judah. And, you know, Judah was the fourth son of Jacob. And we also had, had briefly spoke about um, in a previous podcast episode that uh, in the book of Jubilees, chapter 31, uh, when Jacob brought his son Levi and Judah with him to his father Isaac. Uh, Isaac was up in years and he was near death. And Jacob decided to bring Levi and Judah with him uh, to see their grandfather before he died. And then you read in Jubilees chapter 31 that Isaac blesses both Levi and Judah. Okay. And if you go to, uh, if you have an opportunity to pick up a copy of Jubilees. I encourage everyone to, to get it. Uh, it's a book that should be included amongst all the other scriptures. I'm not here to, you know, go into, you know, great detail about its history, but I, I believe it's very important scripture. And everybody wants to say, is it inspired? It absolutely is inspired. Read it. And, and you know, I would beg to differ with anyone that would say otherwise, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. I just encourage you to prayerfully consider it and, 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 Get a copy for yourself. But if you go to Jubilees chapter 31, uh, on his deathbed, you know, he reaches out and with his right hand, he, he puts his hand on Levi. And then his left hand, he puts his, uh, put, Isaac puts his left hand on Judah. 
And I'm going to focus on the blessing that Judah received. Um, and just listen to these words and, and, and tell me if, you know, obviously you can email me, as I said, at the workman's table at hotmail.com with comments or concerns or questions or anything you want to discuss. But I think if you were to read this passage, it's very indicative of uh, talking about Yahushua, Hamashiach, the, 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 the son, the anointed one. And so Isaac says to Judah, may Yahuwah give you strength and power to tread down all that hate you. A prince you shall be, you and one of thy sons over the sons of Jacob. May your name and the name of your sons go forth and travel every land and region. Then shall the Gentiles fear before your face, and all the nations shall quake, and all the peoples shall quake. In you shall be the help of Jacob, and in thee be found the salvation of Israel. And when you sit on the throne of honor of your righteousness, there shall be great peace for all the seed of the sons of the Beloved. Blessed be he that blesses you, and all that hate you and afflict you and curse you shall be rooted out and destroyed from the earth and accursed. There's that word salvation. Again, that's the name of his son, Yahushua, and Hamashiach, the anointed one, the Savior, the Messiah. Again, that is the prompting of the Holy Spirit to, uh, you know, speaking through Isaac to bless Judah. And what is Yehusha described of described as? He's the lion of the tribe of Judah, where the scepter shall never pass, as it says in, in, in the book of Hebrews. So that's another indication that he had his son uh, you know, in mind all along. And then if you go to uh Joshua one seven and read that, um, you get another indication. So Uh, In Joshua Joshua chapter 1, after the death of Moses, the servant of Yahuwah, Yahuwah said to Yahushua son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life as I was with Moses. So I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all my law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. And the Almighty is telling that to Joshua son of none, Yahushua, son of none. So it wasn't Moses who brought him into the promised land. It was Yahushua, son of none, indicative of Yahushua Hamashiach leading his people into the promised land, just like he will when he returns, okay? Splits that eastern sky and receives his bride unto his own and makes a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem. Oh, what a day that will be. I'm, I can't wait. So you have all these indicators, okay? And so you have, even under the old covenant, you have Yahushua, son of Nun, not Moses, which Moses is really indicative of or emblematic of the old covenant, the fleshly covenant. 
And here you have, it, it still wasn't Moses. It's, you know, what does Paul write all through? The, the, we're not justified by anything else but by faith. Of course, in Timothy, he writes that it's a, it's a faith uh, that he grants each a measure of, as Paul wrote to Timothy. And then in the book of Hebrews, um, he is, Yahushua is the author and perfecter of our faith. So, again, it wasn't uh, Moses okay, that leads um, the people into the promised land, but Yahushua, I am salvation. He brings them in to the promised land, just like he will on the, on the day of his uh, second coming. And so, again, from beginning to end, as Yahuwah says, I declare the beginning from the end, as he says in Isaiah. But he says in Revelation 13, 8, this was the lamb that was slain from the very foundation of the world. And in 1 Peter 1, 20, he was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Folks, it doesn't get any plainer than that, any more explicit than that, to let you know from the get-go, even before he separated the waters from the waters and the dry land from the waters and then created the animals and the birds and mankind and, and did all that in six days and rested on the seventh. He had his son in mind from the very beginning and he did not turn from that. That was always his plan. He knew that we were going to sin, but he knew since we were going to sin, he already had the plan in place. He already had his son to fill our void or to fill the void that we created, the, the, the separation, the sin that, you know, kept us separated from him. And it gives him glory all the way through. Praise his name, folks. I want you to just take this just as a quick reminder that Yahushua is our salvation and he was chosen from the very foundation of the world. And I'm thankful that he came and fulfilled the promises that he intended to keep from the very beginning. So until next time, study to show thyself approved. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of The Workman's Table.